Hello, internets. Hello, internets. Welcome to the GG Cast, episode thirteen. Ain't got time to game. That's that's the like truth. A, it's like a Jesse Ventura quote turned into video gaming because you know that Jesse the body, the governor Ventura, is a big video game player. Hey, he was the governor of Minnesota when you lived here. How uh, he was actually, he was a. F- fantastically ineffective governor but yes. you know what this is not a political podcast this is a gaming podcast <laughs> although you might that, have been surprised i was say we made that on, very clear last week well yeah but for people tuning in just now 13 episodes of baking their baker's dozen into us making this podcast uh we are a video game podcast uh as always i am your host brian here with my best buddy jason say hi jason hi jason uh, oh, hi, internet. Hi, guys. Hi, the friends. Height, no, that is the height of comedy right there. Welcome <laughs> to 2019, guys. We got all the jokes. That's right. That's right. How you doing this week, Jason? I'm doing all right. I'm glad we uh, we got this thing out in, on uh, on the internets. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I was worried for a while, so I'm glad yeah, we're it wasn't it looking. Yeah, it wasn't looking too promising. That was, that was my fault. I kind of had to bail out on yesterday because of... Uh, you know, not having time to play video games, not having time to podcast, not having time to do a whole lot of anything except for, you know, work and life and and all that good stuff. But uh, I, I actually got some games in this week. But let's let's go the traditional route. Jason, tell me what you played this week. I played all the usual suspects this week. I played a lot of Apex. I'm prepping for the uh, Gaming for Hope tournament. Um, I played a lot of Overwatch. Still, again, prepping for the Gaming for Hope tournament. Um. Yeah, played mainly that, and then WoW. Obviously, we did our Mythic Monday run on WoW, which was fun. Nailed it. We nailed it. I mean, actually, I was pretty impressed. We got uh, James and I were talking about that. We were like two minutes off on both of our six and seven runs, so I think we're pretty close to knocking those out. And you know, given our gear level and everything else, we should probably be able to figure that out. So. Yeah, I think so. And we were a little sloppy at a couple points that I think we could but we were clean up if we're a little bit more prepared than we kind of ran in this week. So Yeah, we were a lot of sloppy. Okay. Maybe we can get that figured out. Yeah. Nice. So the old standbys, nothing new. Nothing new this week, no. I, I needed some comfort food. <laughs> well, I have, I have something new that I want to talk about then, because I, I played a little bit of Overwatch, uh, played around with, the, with Baptiste, Baptiste, uh, and Played a little while with you guys. Uh, didn't get into any Vermintide this week, but I would like to go kill some rats again at some point here. Uh, but I actually played a new puzzle game on the Switch. This was actually recommended on the Giant Beast cast. Uh, Baba is you. Uh, Jason, Baba is you. No, Bob, Baba... Uh, okay, I can be Baba. Do <laughs> you, you know anything about this game? Not a clue, man. This sounds awesome, though. Okay. Uh, okay, this is a puzzle game. Uh, I love puzzle games, and uh, th- this is a logic-y, deduction-y style puzzle game where you are basically breaking and rearranging simple phrases to help solve a puzzle. <sighs> so, in a in a given game screen, you know, think of this as like a it's an individual screen. It's kind of a top-down view, uh, very like. NES style graphics or something like that. Um, what you'll have on any given board here, given map, is a series of different little phrases that kind of define the rules. So it might say, uh, Baba is you, uh, flag is win, wall is stop. And what that would mean is you are Baba, so you're controlling a little dude that it's, I don't know, some sort of sheep hamster dog thing. I don't know. It's made out of like eight pixels. Um, so Baba is you. Wall is stop means that you can't go through the walls. The walls will stop you. Flag is win means if you get Baba to the flag, then you win. Uh, but what you can do is you can move your little Baba guy around and you can rearrange some of those words sometimes. And sometimes the words are kind of locked away in a corner of the map where you can't change them. And sometimes you can move them around. So you could you could move it where you know it says Baba is you, flag is win, wall is stop. And you can push wall and make it so now it says wall is you. And now instead of you controlling Baba, you control the walls. And since flag is win, you can move the wall so the wall touches the flag and now you win. Because you got the wall <laughs> to the flag and wall is you. Um, and you can have stuff where it's like, you know, water is hot, water is float. Uh, you know, where you'd be able to float across the water but you would die. Um, they start throwing in stuff where it's... Uh, 
and phrases and stuff like that too. So Baba is you and float or Baba is you and stop or whatever. Um, and it kind of builds on that. And it, it is absolutely fantastic and fascinating because like every new stage kind of seems to be like building on stuff and coming up with new ways. And it's, it's one of these puzzle games where like, I don't know if I actually know if it's true or not, but it feels like there are dozens of different possible ways that you could solve some of these different puzzles. And, you know, you, you might come across something that seems so overly complicated to get it done, but you get it done and, you know, you feel great about yourself. Or you might have one where you just stare at it for 20 minutes. Uh, you know, on my commute, I'm staring at it for 20 minutes. Just, there's no way I'm ever going to get this. And then you realize it's like the most simple thing in the world of, wait a minute, this wall's not continuous. I can go to the left, move around the wall and change the words here or something. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a lot of fun. Uh, $15 on the Nintendo eShop. Uh, a really cool little puzzle game. Nice. Baba is you. Baba is me. All right. Baba, Baba, Baba is you. Um, yeah, and then I, I also did pick up Final Fantasy VII. On the uh, Switch not a new port? Game. Or... On the Switch. Yep, came out uh, came out on my birthday. And so I picked that up and have not even started it up yet because I've been Baba is you-ing. Uh, yeah. And then... Uh, Oh, and before I forget it, not that this is this is not gaming news, so let me bring it up here. Uh, as we're talking about puzzle games, uh, the Epic Store free game for next week, uh, I think it starts on April 4th, so maybe that's the end of next week, whenever that is, uh, The Witness. Uh, I've uh, heard did you ever so play, many did you amazing ever things about oh, this. Oh my gosh, you have to play The Witness. Um, it's been three years now since I played The Witness. I'm still waiting. I'm holding out a little bit longer until I, I hope that old age will kick in and I'll forget the answer to some of the puzzles and stuff like that because I just this is one of the best puzzle games that I have ever played hands down just phenomenal phenomenal game so if I forget to mention it uh, next week once that is actually free and available on the epic store everybody owes it to themselves to go out and get the witness yeah uh, I think it was uh, Greggy Baker was uh, the one who told me I had to play the witness a while back I think he he was like I'm gonna buy it for you I'm like no don't buy it for me I'll buy it for myself but uh, yeah it is it is that incredible um i'll talk about it more next week i will pick it up for free on the epic store even though i also have it on the playstation um but i will i will pick this up and i will probably actually end up playing through the witness again nice um incredible incredible puzzle game yeah see the thing i don't like about puzzle games uh is my brain um (laughs) yeah that is a problem so no 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 no. i i love puzzles like that's but that's the problem is is I will sit there. Oh, hi, dog. Hi, buddy. Uh, I will sit there and I will just stare at the screen for hours on end and lose track of time trying to solve these stupid puzzles. And it drives me so, nuts. I don't, again, we'll talk about this more when I play The Witness again. I don't want to give away anything, but the way the game works is it almost teaches you a language of how to solve these puzzles that kind of builds on it. And it's cool because there is almost no real text or anything. The text at the end of the game is actually pretentious, douchey crap that you don't really want to listen to. But um, the the game will basically work through these puzzles that are like very simple, like start, end point, like move your little dude through or your little you know cursor point thing through a puzzle, uh, get from one side to the other. But then it starts like building on it and building on it, but it does it in this just amazing way where it almost teaches you the rules by you doing some trial and error and building up and getting more complicated where it's like okay these sorts of blocks need to be clumped together these ones need to be separated these things need to be you know done in this order or whatever it is uh so you almost are building up like the syntax of a language in a puzzle game it, nice. it's fantastic Very i have cool. i still have a notebook around here somewhere that i have like sketched out it looks like some sort of like neurotic mental patient notebook of like sketches on possible ways to solve the puzzles uh there was a point where i was drawing things out in a grid and then cutting them out with scissors to try to rearrange them physically so i could like you know see if i could solve the puzzle <laughs> um there were puzzles that I was hopping into. I was taking screenshots, hopping into Photoshop, and color correcting in Photoshop to try to find the way to solve the puzzles. I mean, it, it's it's fantastic. Nice. I'm excited. I'm totally going to pick it up. That'll be fun. And you know what? Next week, we'll talk about it. I'll pick we'll it talk up. about it. I'll pick it up and try and play it before Wednesday. Deal. Like or, it. you know, wait until it's free on the Epic Store starting on April 1st. Oh, uh, yes. I'm sorry. That's or April 4th. That's April 4th, I mean. Sorry. So I'll wait until it's free. <laughs> we'll pick it up, and then we'll talk about it. 
<laughs> Perfect. All right, buddy. That's what I've been playing and what I hope to be playing in a week. Uh, what's out there in the world of gaming news? Out there in the world of gaming news. Today is uh, it's it's a light news day. It doesn't surprise me because uh, we just started PAX this morning, and so there's not a whole lot of news that came out from PAX East. Uh, and we covered the GDC news last week, so uh, it's a pretty light gaming news week. But a couple things that came out. So uh, the Apple um, announcement this week, they had their, you know, their fancy-dancy, like, n- nondescript, just Apple with a bite out of it, black screen, like, coming soon. And then they, you know, they did their Apple announcement or whatever last week. But um, one of the things they announced was the Apple Arcade, um, which in true Apple fashion, uh, they gave no details on. Uh, just that it's an arcade <laughs> sure. and that it's focused on uh, iOS exclusively. So iOS, Apple TV, and Mac OS. Um, All right. So that's coming out. Something to look for in the future if you're an Apple fanboy. Uh, personally, uh, I've never really equated Apple in gaming in the same world. But maybe this will give them a nice step into the mobile gaming platform. Sorry. I'd... Sure, yeah. I mean, not since the days of Marathon and stuff like that has Apple really been a uh, gaming powerhouse. <clears throat> so... Do you, do you ever have, well, like... Well, unless, unless you count mobile gaming, in which they are obviously, like, the dominant force uh, out there still, I believe, do, but... I was just going to ask you that. Do you ever have, like, this random, like, um, like swelling in your throat every time you go to, say, mobile gaming that just, it's really hard for you to get it out? Like, is that a thing? Um, confession, I have actually, one thing that I did not mention, I have actually been playing a good amount of, uh, Burrito Bison Lucha Libre, or Lancha Libre, again, uh, and this is a, some dumb game that my brother-in-law introduced me to, like, three years ago, where you launch a, a Mexican luchador from a catapult and smash gummy bears and stuff like that, um, free-to-play game that has microtransactions, that is really dumb, but... It's a great time killer on my commute because you really don't have to think. And the numbers get bigger and bigger, and it's, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. Well, soon to, soon to sit, I will bet you that your flying luchadore dude will eventually end up in the Apple Arcade. So there you <laughs> Perfect. have it. There you have it. Yeah, that's why I've been waiting all my life for that. Great. Thank um, you, Apple. Some Overwatch League news. Uh, first and foremost, our friends to the north, uh, to the very close north for me and the little bit further north for you, uh, Canadian Toronto friends won stage one, uh, which is good. They actually yeah. they finished it off undefeated. They're looking strong this year, so uh, the Toronto team looks solid. Um, I, I was a little disappointed NYXL lost in the first round of the playoffs, stage one. I was yeah, like, I what think, the heck happened there? I think everybody was kind of expecting it was going to be Toronto versus uh, New York, right? Yeah. That was kind of the expected matchup, the two big powerhouses. And then <laughs> New York just got just curb stomped in the first rolled. round. It wasn't even a close and, match. It was terrible. Yeah, they, they played horribly. And I mean, you know, not to... Uh, they lost to Seoul Dynasty, right? Yeah, a team that uh, are, barely made it no. into the playoffs. Yeah, and, you know, not to take anything away from them. They had a great strategy going in, and they absolutely kicked NYXL's ass. But it was just, you know, a little disappointing. But the rest of the tournament seemed to kind of go the way that everybody expected. Or the the first stage tournament went the way that everybody expected. So the Defiant are looking pretty good this year. Uh, I'm excited to see what they do with the rest of the stages. Uh, So that'll be be pretty cool. Uh, Other Overwatch League news. Uh, One of the teams, the Atlanta Reign, which is also a new team this year, looking pretty solid, uh, made it into the playoffs. Uh, They've had a solid record so far. Um, One of their main tank carries, Defran, who had a sick Zarya um, play a few weeks back, which is unbelievable. Um, But he has decided he is no longer going to play in the Overwatch League. He wants to continue his streaming career. Now, DeFran's kind of a... He's he's like a mini-XQC. He's kind of a controversial dude who, um, you know, realistically, I think he was kind of biding his time uh, and may have ended up on that list of uh, people that Blizzard wasn't so happy was playing in their league. Uh, but... Uh, he's he's taking his own step back and saying, ah, you know what? I'm gonna I'm just gonna keep streaming. So that's where he's going. So it is a it is a little bit of a loss to um, the Atlanta Reign because as much as he is kind of a toxic player, he's also a very talented player. Um, yeah, definitely. So. And he was having a good season. It's not like he was really struggling. I didn't think so. I'm actually kind of surprised that he's dropping out like this. But yeah. I guess uh, that's that streamer money or that streamer lifestyle is. Uh, 
maybe something to be desired. Well, and he kind of, like, before the season even started, he kind of created some controversy, like, three days before they were going to report. He posted on Twitter, F it, I'm done, I'm never playing this game again. Uh, And and so that kind of created a spin because he was literally just drafted to play for the rain and was supposed to show up, you know, so that was, yeah. that was, uh, that was interesting, but, uh, <laughs> looks like, uh, looks like he's actually done at least in the, Overwatch so if there's league. any, if there's anybody out there that's, uh, hoping to hop in as kind of a main tank, maybe a Zarya pickup, uh, there might be an opening out there. You know what I haven't seen, you know, so, you know, XQC is actually a, um, off tank sub for oh man i can't remember the team now maybe the gladiators somebody like that i haven't seen him in the, in the league at all this year though so i'm hmm. surprised he hasn't stepped in and played a little bit so sure and i i don't actually know at all within overwatch league what the trading of players is mid-season i know they had their big thing once they had all of these new expansion teams come up where everybody got traded around between seasons i guess i don't actually know what Things they could possibly do to trade mid-season now, maybe between stages. Yeah, I'm not sure. So that's something to consider if he's available and he's just sitting there as a sub to pick him up. I mean, clearly they're good with toxicity because they've had Defran the entire time. So <laughs> perfect. Um, let's see. Next in the news, uh, No Man's Sky that No Man played for a long time, uh, but now is actually, from what I hear, a great game. Uh, a lot of people are talking about how he or they rebuilt the game and it's very fun to play now. But um... yeah, they've they've done a couple of big updates on it that uh, I jumped back in. I forget what they called this latest one. Uh, they had kind of names for a lot of their big updates, and it was actually it's very different from what it was. It's pretty polished now. There's a ton of content. It's uh, it turned into actually the game that everybody wanted it to be before it was released. Yeah, there was a lot of hype for this game when it was coming out. Kind of like anthem. <coughs> Oh, but, uh, uh, yeah, they kind of fell flat on their face. Kind of like, <coughs> Anthem. oh, God, I got the Anthem cost. Yeah, bless you. Yeah, sorry about Gesundheit. that. Gesundheit. Um, but news for those guys, uh, summer of 2019, it looks like they're going to be porting that game over to all major VR platforms, which would be kind of cool. Because, uh, I mean, again, I haven't had a chance to play it. Um, I've seen it a lot. I was actually really interested when it came out, and then I just heard the the dumpster fire that it was and i was like no nah, i'm not gonna pick that up um but uh it's a from my understanding it's a relatively immersive environment um and so i think it would be kind of cool to play in a vr setting so um that's Definitely. interesting for them I'm, I'm hoping it'll uh it'll increase the player base and get some people more in, integrated into it so and then the last piece of news that i want to talk about today which is easily the thing i am most excited about coming out of pax east is the Borderlands 3 launch trailer. It is awesome. <laughs> so exciting. Um, I, you know, and I think, you know, we've known it's coming. We've known it's a thing that's that's going to be nearish future or whatever. But the fact that they pulled out a full out launch trailer, um, obviously no date, release date or anything else like that yet. But just in general, some real forward movement on collateral for the game. Uh, is exciting, uh, and if you watch the trailer, the trailer's great. There's a lot of comedy built into it. It's a, it's a lot of fun. So uh, I'm excited for the game. Uh, I just love the Borderlands, the the world and the environment and the gameplay. It's a fun game. So I'm excited for it, and it's probably one of my favorite um, uh, co-op campaign games to play. Like I love yeah. Borderlands One, Borderlands Two. Co-op campaign was awesome. Um, obviously, we don't know what Borderlands Three is going to be like. I would hope that they stick with the co-op campaign. Um, sounds like there's some rumors that there'll be some online multiplayer type stuff, but, uh, who knows, right? But, uh, definitely looking forward to that. So PAX East, they dropped that trailer, go out and check it out on the YouTubes or wherever you want to, not sponsored. Um, uh, it's, but hey, uh, Borderlands wants to sponsor us. Yes. Or YouTube for that matter. Um, <laughs> but it's a good time. So check it out. So that, sir is my news today. Now, the one question I have for you on Borderlands is, do you think Borderlands will be a free-to-play game with microtransactions, or are we going to have to pay for it in full? Uh, If I had to guess, this is going to release in about seven different possible packages. You'll have your normal edition, you'll have a collector's edition, you'll have the ultimate claptrap edition, Tiny Tina's edition of terror. Um, If you buy 
certain ones you get to play early, certain ones you get to play late. It's almost like a punishment for buying the special edition. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, this is, this is going to be, I think, following the standard Borderlands path of a release a full game and then release expansions or add-ons down the road. But, um, but I'll tell you, one of the pieces of news that I didn't cover but it was very important, Blizzard... Just announced. I'm sorry, not Blizzard though. I get the two it, 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 uh, mixed up. Activision. Activision announced that they are releasing a Call of Duty game on mobile, and their stocks skyrocketed. And by skyrocketed, because that's going to be a free to play game. Yes, free to play. With I'm sure it's Activision, so there probably won't be any microtransactions in the game. And it's and the game's made by Tencent, so I guarantee you. Oh man, I guarantee yeah, not you, not a chance. No microtransaction. Oh, microtransaction. Um, but yeah, their their stock, quote unquote, and anybody watching live can see my air quotes, skyrocketed uh, a whole three and a half percent. Uh, Woohoo! Come back. So good for them, Activision. Bye. Bye, bye, bye. Yeah. So, Brian, I'm going to ask you our actual topic question, which is related to these two pieces and a really wonky way to do a transition. But how do you feel? How do we feel? What is the future is it buying content for $60 and playing it for free the rest of the time is it buying content for $30 and having a mix of microtransaction but your DLCs included and everything else or is it playing free to play games like your Apex Legends and your Call of Duties and having them just completely roofied with all kinds of microtransactions i mean where are we at with this oh sure so this is interesting. Um, you know, if you were to ask this a couple years ago, microtransactions seemed like they were going to become everything. Uh, and I feel like there is a bunch of pushback on that, but it certainly did not get rid of microtransactions or small little paid expansions or add-ons or those sorts of things, right? Um, Elder Scrolls Oblivion had horse armor. And gamers just lost their fucking minds about horse armor. Right. And at the time, I looked at it and said, well, why would I buy that? It doesn't impact me whatsoever. I'm not going to spend however many dollars on horse armor. So who gives a crap? Um, you know, and obviously the thing that everybody really worries about is pay to win. Yep. Not necessarily pay for horse cosmetics. Uh, but I think most games do an okay job of avoiding that. Uh, I think where it ends up getting messy is where you get games that uh would have been or should have been cheaper than what they are uh if it wasn't for all of the paid add-ons paid expansions microtransactions uh so i i bring to you the table a couple different games that i think do well with this and do poorly with this uh and let, let's see what you think so uh on the does well with its side apex legends fortnite uh, these sorts of games where you get content dropping out of the sky just constantly, it seems like. We'll see with Apex if they keep it up. You know, Fortnite for sure is just launching content constantly, it seems like. Uh, you can buy in with Battle Passes, which kind of give you maybe some certain perks. But, I mean, these are basically free-to-play games if you want to free-to-play them, where you can get the bulk of the experience without having to put any money in. But you can toss some money at some of these microtransactions to buy special skins, to give yourself more experience, or level faster, that sort of thing. All right? Good column. Bad column. Rainbow Six Siege. I really, <laughs> really want to play Rainbow Six Siege. I, I really do, because this game seems like it would bring back a lot of the really fond memories I had of Counter-Strike. Like, there's a lot of kind of similar yeah. things in the, the way that that game is played. But if you want to get into Rainbow Six Siege at this point, what is it, three years into this game, it's like $500. If you actually want to unlock all of these characters, because the the way that they release the seasons and buying characters a la carte versus in bundles versus whatever. And because of that, I'm just never going to play the game because my best chance of getting in would be to wait for, you know, a Steam sale or, you know, some sort of Black Friday sale and buy like, you know, the basic edition for $2.99 or whatever. And then get in there with people who have been playing for three years and have all of these other characters that I will never get if I don't want to throw money at them. Yeah, that's absolutely. bad. I agree with that. I don't like that. No, that's terrible. So I'll I'll throw some at you as well, right? So let's look at. Um, I agree with the Apex, um, Apex Legends, uh, Fortnite. Uh, I think they do a great job. Um, 
I actually would even go as far as saying, uh, like an Overwatch, right? So Overwatch is, has microtransactions. I paid, actually, I paid $60 for the game when it came out, and I was still punched in the face with microtransactions when I got there. <laughs> sure. But I don't feel like it's necessary. I have a grinding aspect. If I want, I can grind away and still get the same exact things as someone who drops 30 bucks on loot boxes and probably have the same chance of getting it as they do, right? They, sure. Obviously, they have more more attempts at it. They, they open more boxes, right. but yeah, the, the odds of every box stays the same. Now, let's talk about EA's utter cluster <laughs> in Star Wars. Sure. Where you have to pay to unlock legit characters in the game. Like, not even... The, candidly, they're, they're opening... They're, this guy is more powerful. You can either grind for five years to finally get enough tokens to unlock him, or he's 30 bucks. Yep. How is that not a pay-to-win model? Like, those are sure. the ones that drive me nuts. Pay-to-win. Yeah, and, and a bunch of games have done that. So EA's done it with different sports games. Uh, I mean, Halo had it with different weapons where, you know, in certain game modes, you had to use cards that were a consumable card in order to get certain weapons in them or certain vehicles and stuff like that. Uh, I mean, that's that's ugly. That's horrible. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't mind microtransactions um, if I can still experience the entirety of the game without having to do it. Now, with that being said, I actually like the idea of microtransactions. I like the, the Apex Legends is a great example for me, right? Um, I got into the game. I played it for free. Uh, it was incredible to play, and so I have no problem uh, having to worry about putting money into it because I, I really enjoyed doing it on my own. You know what I mean? Like, I enjoyed the game, so yeah, I'll throw money at it. It's almost like a, um, call it a, 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 a trial period, right? I get to log in, I get to play it for a while, say, yeah, I like it, and now I'm going to throw some money at it. Right? Sure. Whereas something like an Overwatch, I just had to buy it to play it. You know, or they have the free weekends every now and then or things like that. But yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it's there is something to be said about knowing that you now have everything that, you know, you will need to ever go back and play that game. And of course, let's take away the do you actually own a game or games for service type thing. You know, you pay 60 bucks. That game is now yours to play as much as you want. And Overwatch is coming out with content. They come out with characters, maps, um, now, what's interesting, though, is, yes, they have loot boxes that you can buy. And I have no idea the numbers. Obviously, that probably is not really public knowledge. Um, <clears throat> but, I mean, they, they're essentially depending on people buying the game in order to give them the money to make new content. And that content kind of trickles out. Whereas you can look at some of these games that are a little bit more microtransaction heavy, excuse me, uh, that tend to churn out some content pretty darn quickly. Sure. Um, so maybe, you know, maybe there's something to be said about it. Well, like your uh, Fortnites, right? I mean, there's every single, every, every week there's a new skin or a new glider or a new, like the fact that they can turn out that stuff for microtransactions so fast is crazy, but it works sure. for them, right? Because they're sitting there, they're counting their money in their back room going, <laughs> yeah, just make that same glider, but color purple and, and put some fairy <laughs> wings on it. You know what I mean? So yeah. good for them though. They figured that model out, but. Are My Little Ponies popular again? Can we do some My Little Pony stuff? But, so back to the original question we had, which was, does, which model feels less corporate dirty to you? Like, I feel like <laughs> there's these models out there that are just like, I don't want to partake in it because it feels so corporate and driven by money. You know what I mean? Like, sure. Well, okay. So let's, let's talk money. Um, good transition here. What is a standard, or what do you think a standard full-priced game should cost? You know, if, if you want to buy it outright, and you don't want to put, worry about microtransactions, you want to buy a game, what, what do you want to pay? What do people want to pay for a game? If I'm not worried about microtransactions, if I am getting all of the content, at least, I shouldn't say all the content, and I could totally get, it, you know, World of Warcraft a year and a half, two years later, releases a huge new game that extends, yeah, then I'll pay again for it. But all of those different um, additional items that come along, the 8.1 patch, I don't have to pay for that, right? If I'm sure. getting all that stuff, I'm willing to pay 30 to 60 bucks um, without a problem. Sure, right? okay. So, you know, 
And and most full price games, you know, you go out and you buy Red Dead Redemption Two, you're paying sixty bucks. That that's what we accept is a full price game. Uh, and and that's more expensive than what it was five or six years ago when we moved it from fifty dollars a game up to sixty dollars a game. Right. The thing that I need everybody to understand is that that price has not changed, or if anything, has dropped over the years that I have been gaming. Right? If you go back to those NES games that I loved and I can look back on now and realize were garbage, Snake, <laughs> Rattle, and Roll. Snake, Rattle, and Roll is not a good game. Yonoid, not a good game. Um, these games cost that basically same amount back in the 1980s and the 1990s. Like, you know, you, you adjust these things for inflation and we were paying $120, $150 for games in, our, you know, current monetary value. So... There's this kind of thing that's happened where gamers expect a full-price game to be 60 bucks, And, you know, $30 is a budget game. But when you start adjusting based on inflation, that is absolutely nothing. So, you know, I think that's why you have these developers now, this dirty corporate feel of microtransactions, is because games are getting more and more expensive to make, right? It requires more people working on them. It requires so much more time to go into these graphics and everything like that. And, you know, the, the visual effects, the sound effects everything like that, and yet they're still charging the exact same amount that, you know, again, year after year is actually decreasing in monetary value due to inflation. Yes. So, coming around to this, to answer your question, I don't really care. Because the beauty of it is that if I really love a game, I am happy to throw some money at them. And if I don't like a game, or if I don't think their microtransactions are something I care about, I just don't have to buy them. I'm never going to spend a penny on Apex Legends, because I think it's a bad game. That's blasphemy. But okay, continue. And I've been able to play hours and hours of that bad game without spending a penny on it. Yes. But I can throw $15 at Baba is You and play through as many of those Baba puzzles as I want to, knowing that I'm not going to get nickel and dimed on it on, on the backside. So, uh, two things. One, we have some some friends in, in chat over here on the Twitch Hi, side. Friends. That one agree with us think that microtransactions should primarily just be cosmetic though, right? So yes, you, sh- you should never ever be doing a microtransaction for an additional character, which Apex does have. Like right now, if I want to unlock Octane, I'm either one saving up and grinding twelve thousand in-game currency, or I'm buying Apex coins to buy him, right? Um, which does kind of suck because Octane is relatively overpowered right now. His speed boost is incredible. So uh, you know, there's there's kind of that pay to win, but. It, it's not as impactful to say like the the old Star Wars or the Star Wars game that came out. Um, sure. And then also uh, some good points. So games that are you know progressive expansion like World. So I brought up World of Warcraft and it came up that that game's not really finite. It's constantly expanding. Um, so that's kind of why we're paying for additional expansions, right? So, um, but the thing that I was going to ask you about in it, the I still to this day. I uh, have not played the new StarCraft because of this was the way they did StarCraft when it came out. I I hate I hate it with movies cuz they do it in movies now and they did it in StarCraft. We have the whole story written but you only get to buy the first half of it for 60 bucks or first third of it for 60 bucks. And then we're going to release the second third of it for 60 bucks. And then we're going to release the third part of it for 60 bucks. So now I'm paying $180 for StarCraft 2. Sure. No. Absolutely not. Sure. Right? Um, let's... Uh, doesn't exist as a, a genre anymore. Music games. Sure. Right? Plastic yeah. instrument music games. Guitar Hero was fantastic as a college, you know, party game. And then Rock Band came out and you buy your plastic guitar and your plastic drum set and, For and everything like that. Yep. You know, and so you spend 150 bucks and you get all your plastic instruments and everything's fantastic. And then you go on there and it's like, oh, hey, cool. They have, you know, such and such new song by such and such whatever group, whether it's a, a new song, an old song. So you spend a buck 99 yep. and then you spend a buck 99 and then 299 and 299. And oh, hey, they've got a you know a variety pack where it's, and all of a sudden you've spent $500 on plastic instruments and the songs to actually go along with it. Yep. Because they, they sneakily get you with those microtransactions on that sort of game. See, but I can, I can almost, and maybe it's just because I'm bad at budgeting, but I can almost be okay with that. Cause it's a dollar 99 here and it's dollar. It's death, see, death by a thousand cuts as compared to, you know what? Let me see if I want to play that part. 
Sure. And then sure. I, and I, I, and I never would have spent to play through the yeah, playoffs. If, if the other option was to spend three hundred dollars to buy every song available for it, I probably wouldn't have done it because that's a huge upfront chunk of money. Right. So that I, um, I, that's but see that's they brainwashed you, man. They brainwashed you into buying songs and feeling like songs are worth a buck ninety nine. Well, are you telling are you telling me that the random stupid Fortnite skin I have that turns me into a ninja is worth five dollars? No, it's not. But I bought it because it was cool and it was only five bucks, right? So. I mean, that's that's the sort of, sort of stuff that gets you up. Like, the Battle Pass. I bought the Fortnite Battle Pass last season. Of course you did. And, and it was $9.50. And I think I made it to Tier 3. I, I don't even think I... I think I logged in and played for five minutes. But I had the Battle Pass. Like, it's just ridiculous, right? So, <clears throat> all right. So so here's a question for you, right? We, we've kind of come around now, and some dlc slash microtransactions slash add-ons we think are good some are bad and i think that is a case-by-case basis right which i don't think is any sort of contentious opinion on this or anything um what you started this conversation with is asking me what i think our future is going to hold are we going to see continuing microtransactions and everything so let me spin this around to you because i don't have a good answer and i don't want to have a good answer on this sure Uh, i ain't got time to have a good answer on this We spent last week talking about our glorious or horrible streaming future, where Google comes in or Microsoft comes in, and now all these games, you don't own them, you just stream them. How the hell do microtransactions work in that sort of world? Yeah, yeah, they don't, right? Because you you don't own the game, so there's, unless Google's going to go, all right, Jason, you have this small little slice of pie where all your saves and everything else sits, so when you log back in, you can keep accessing it, and there's there's no value to because the day that I keep dropping microtransactions, 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 uh, and I'm you know 200 bucks in, and then I cancel my my uh, Google uh, Strabismus or whatever the hell the name of that thing is <laughs> Stadia Stadia. I cancel that Stadia um, subscription, and now all my 300 dollars of microtransactions are gone. Uh, that sucks. Sure. I, yeah, I but I mean like that's that and idea. that's almost how it would. Yeah, that's almost how it would have to work. Is if microtransactions still exist in that sort of gaming system, then yeah, you, it's almost that you would own the microtransactions. Or I mean, is this going to be a tiered system where you can uh, you can rent whatever you know? Let's say it's twenty bucks a month or whatever, and that gets you all the base versions of the games. But for thirty dollars, you get the deluxe microtransaction rich versions of all the games, where all the microtransactions are automatically unlocked for you. Or yeah, but that, like that doesn't make any sense either, right? Because you look at it, it's like. I could drop. You don't make any sense. Well, that's true. But I could drop three hundred dollars tomorrow in Fortnite microtransactions, and if I got them all unlocked for the extra ten bucks, sign me up, right? So, fair enough. So here was a question that was presented in in Twitch: uh, Does it feel more fulfilling, or do you get more satisfaction out of making a hundred dollar ninety nine purchases, or just a two hundred dollar purchase up front? And I feel like I would get more satisfaction purchasing a hundred different things because i got to pick those hundred different things right <laughs> instead of dropping sure. 200 bucks up front and getting all of them at the same time i, I don't know i just feel like because i've made a hundred different transactions like i feel like i'm getting more out of it and i know it's just a mental thing but it, for me i feel like i get more satisfaction out of it well no i mean when you're when you're out there and you're collecting your pokemon cards and everything you can just go to the card shop and buy the pokemon cards you want or you can buy 500 worth of expansion packs and open all of them and see if you get your gold foil Charizard. I'm yeah. making all this up. I have no idea. I've never played a Pokemon game in my life, but it, well, a Pokemon I, card game in my life. We like gold foil Charizards. They're probably a good thing. I'm God. sure they do. There was gold foil uh, cards in WoW, so. Sure. Well, so, okay. I have never paid for Overwatch loot boxes. I have paid a good amount of money for Hearthstone loot boxes. Oh, my God. Or, you know, card packs. Because there is, oh, man, was it satisfying to open those suckers, though drag a little card pack on it and and then you mouse over all of them, <laughs> click them. I mean, that, that felt good. So yeah, I mean, in that case, if I could pay a hundred dollars to just get all the cards unlocked or a hundred dollars in random cards. Yeah. I'd probably, I'm probably paying the hundred bucks and spending an hour opening card, card packs. packs. Yeah. Yeah. That's another one of those games to me. That's a, it's a pay to win type game, right? Because though you can grind out a card pack, um, you know, realistically, uh, if you don't have the cards that come in those packs, the new cards that you know everybody has built their decks around, your deck is worthless, right? And sure. it takes yeah, you if you can't, if you can't jump into it. the 
yeah, you can't jump into the new meta immediately. You're you're screwed. Yeah. So you're either one, you at some point in time paid a boatload of money to get a bunch of card packs, and now you're either one popping all of your old cards so you can no longer play classic, you can only play standard, so you can make these new decks, or you're just continuously dumping fifteen or fifty bucks into it every single time they launch a new box. So I I don't know. I mean that's another one of them for me. So I don't disagree with you. I do think microtransactions is probably uh, here to stay. I do think uh, it will more than likely uh, continue to um, flourish, uh, and and I don't know that I'm opposed to that. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously from talking today and everything we've talked about, uh, I, I like the idea of spending a buck ninety nine here and getting a skin, or spending a buck ninety nine here and doing this or that. Like, I don't I don't mind that idea. Um, I just don't want, like, I don't want to, I don't want to have to pay for footsteps. Right? The joke came out with the EA, you know. Uh, the MMO where you run and like, oh, you've exceeded your thousand footsteps for the day. Please insert a dollar fifty to continue for another thousand footsteps. Like, I don't want to have to do that. I don't. I want to be able to experience the whole game without having to have microtransactions. Oh, oh sorry, buddy, your inventory's full. But hey, for only a buck ninety nine, we can give you two more bag slots in your backpack. Right? Like crap like that. Don't do that to me. But if you wanna, you know, you want me to throw a buck ninety nine at a at a sweet like like even a World of Warcraft, right? Their microtransactions are kind of weird. Like, oh, for this, for twenty five dollars, check out this new fox mount. But it would be kind of cool if they're like, for a buck ninety nine, get this sweet transmog glow on your main hand, right? Oh, sure, sweet, I'd do that, right? Yeah, definitely. But I don't know. So I think I think they're here to stay. I think that um, they're not necessarily a bad thing. I think. Anything that puts more money into the developer's hands is a good thing, right? Because as much as I whine and piss and bitch and moan about corporate greed and everything else going on, as long as the developers are making money, then they're con- they're going to continue to provide content, right? And that's what I'm in the game for. Um, damn the man. Damn the, yeah, damn the man. I do not like the StarCraft model where they're like, hey, I'm going to take a game that should be 60 bucks and we're going to pretend like it's three games for 180 bucks. Like, that's BS. Don't even get me started on that. I was like, nope, not doing it. I'm not paying $180 for a game. Um, and, and again, had they released it in 25 small chunks of $5, I probably would have bought it. I would have bought it and just, oh, oh, time to play the Protoss line, five bucks. Time to play the human line, five bucks. Like, I would have done it. But going, oh, it's three different games, 60, 60, 60. No, not happening for me, right? Um, and then I do... Sure. The sad part is I do feel like the the days of buying a game and getting everything, I think that's over, which kind of sucks. Um, you know, it used to be you'd pay 60 bucks for a video game and you'd get the video game, everything included. Didn't have to worry about anything else. Didn't have to worry about uh, new DLC. Didn't have to worry about... Um, you know, picking up the the extra character for twelve bucks or any of that, like you just got everything, and I think that's probably over and done with because developers are seeing a way to continue to monetize a game after it's been released. Um, which I don't know if it's bad or good, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's pros and cons to that, right? Uh, with expansions, everybody always got upset with day one expansions because the idea there that everybody you know probably incorrectly railed about was. That this is content that could have been in the original game, and the developers purposely took it out and sold it as an expansion pack. Right. Um, you know, and realistically, that probably did happen, but most of the time, that's more. You know, once a game gets to a certain point, your graphic designers have nothing else to do, so you move them on to start having them work on other stuff. Your writers don't have anything else to do, so you move them on to start working on other stuff, and they can start working on that expansion as other stuff is getting polished. Fine. Um, you know, th- at the same time. Expansion packs can allow you to continue playing on in a world that you absolutely love, right? You know, you might spend 100 hours in a game, and now a new expansion comes out, and you can spend another 100 hours in this world with a character that you absolutely adore. Whereas those old NES games, those old Super Nintendo games, the old N64 games that, you know, were phenomenal experiences, at the end of it, you are just done, and there's nothing else that's ever going to change. And that game, yeah, you know, you have that game complete, but once you play through the story, GoldenEye is just done. Yeah. Right. Once you play through all of it and you get all the stars, Mario 64 is just done. And you're never going to get anything new. You're never going to get a new challenge mode. You're never going to get a new world that opens up. It's just, you know, what you get is what you get. And that includes bugs. That includes problems and glitches and those sorts of things, too. 
so you know i think there there certainly are pros and cons um the other side of it and i guess the last thing that i will say on this is that a lot of this discussion also does tend to focus around these big triple a tentpole releases from developers uh, because when you look at a lot of stuff that comes out in the more indie game scene, uh, there you do still have a lot of complete games. Uh, it might not be $60 games, it might be a $15 game, but it is, you know, complete. And you also have a lot of stuff that comes out where it is either released in early access or released, you know, officially, but then just gets continual updates. Uh, Dead Cells is a great example of that, of a game that kind of came out, and if you look at the original version of that game versus what's out there now, they're night and day different and there's so much more content and updates and everything like that uh so i think in the indie realm you actually are still seeing that that kind of beautiful perfect shining city on the hill uh of games that come out and the developers that take care of you and update it for free and you kind of get all that content and evolving gameplay without having to be nickel and dimed to do so sure sure <clears throat> all right buddy so question for you I'm not letting you off yet. Question for you. I know it's late in your time, but it's still early over here. Uh, how do you feel about games that just just vomit up DLC? Like, constant, like, oh yeah, come on, join. No, it's, it's a $15 game, play it. Oh, by the way, there's 700 pieces of DLC by the first year it's out. Sure. Case sure. in point, um... like we talked about Earth Defense Force. Yeah, yeah, so we talked about this off-camera. Um, Earth Defense Force, we got uh, EDF 4, 4.1, I guess it is, in one of our humble, humble monthlies. And it's hilarious because this thing came with, like, 30 pieces of DLC or expansions or extra content or whatever. So you're scrolling through it, and it's just, like, pages upon pages of extra crap for it. Uh, and for anybody that's ever actually redeemed stuff on Humble Bundle, you have to paste, like, these codes individually one at a time into Steam. I I ain't got time to copy 40 different Earth Defense Force DLCs ain't nobody got time for that. to redeem them. Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't got yep. time to bleed. Um, no, uh, a week or two ago, I talked about Hitman. Uh, the, the newer one, this is what the 2017, I guess, release, or maybe it was 2018. Uh, and that was done episodic. So that released new map by new map every month or two. And the version I have of it is, you know, the complete version of all of that, where you just get all of those maps available immediately, all the missions available immediately, all the elusive targets available immediately. And I think that there's actually something that I kind of missed by playing the game that way versus playing it episodic. Um, but episodic, I think, is different from kind of the microtransaction model, right? You know, with episodic, you have stuff uh, like the Telltale games, yep. uh, may they rest in peace, yeah. where you know, this was known from the start that these are going to be four or five different pieces, and they're going to come out released a couple months apart, and... You know, and I think that that is a different model. That is that is known what you're going to get. It's not the same nickel and diming. Although it does on some level go back to what you're saying with StarCraft, where, you know, sure, this is a five-part story that they're going to break up into five parts and sell you each part for 15 bucks, right. 20 bucks. Right. All right, man. So I think we've, we've officially beat this dead horse. I think we both agree that microtransactions are here to stay, and I don't necessarily think that it's a bad business model. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm really curious to see how they will evolve and change as we start getting into stuff like Stadia and whatever uh, Microsoft's new streaming thing and, and wh whoever else happens to jump up. You know, we'll see what Apple ends up doing with their gaming service. And, uh, I mean, again, mobile gaming is kind of the, the hotbed and uh, the, the disgusting bacterial culture of microtransactions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, a uh, huge shout-out to the people in Twitch that were tossing questions our way this week. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, though, what are other ways that you can reach out to the podcast? Uh, well, first of all, we are now streaming live every time we do a podcast, so catch us on stream. Um, we're doing it right Normally now. Wednesday nights. Normally Wednesday nights. We were a little delayed this week because ain't nobody got time to game. Um, but uh, right now we're doing it through uh, my personal Twitch stream, which is uh, twitch.tv forward slash Ignacio13. We will probably set up, if we get more people in stream, uh, a, uh, a Gamers Gathering Twitch channel just so it's uh, a little bit more branded that way. But you can catch us on Twitch. Send us questions that way. We'll try and answer them as much as possible without making it too disruptive to the uh, podcast as a whole. 
Um, uh, whatever. Yeah, screw Just rough us. Um, you can also catch us out on Facebook. We are facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash. Oh, boy. It's a GG podcast. I think it's GG podcast. GG podcast. I almost said gamers gathering. I'm like, I don't think that's the right one. Um, we have the Twitters, uh, which is at GG podcast one. You can hit us up there. Um, Hamadon says he will disrupt us anytime he feels like. So good for you, Hammy. Um, we also have nothing unusual in that one. No, not at all. We also have our, um, website. So trinitygamers.com. You can see us out there. That's where we post all of the podcasts. Um, so you can submit feedback to us out there. Um, and then last but not least, uh, we have an email address. So uh, I know some of you guys are actually writing us letters and sending it to a, a mysterious address that doesn't exist um, because I haven't received emails yet. But uh, if you go out to uh, ggpodcast at trinitygamers.com, uh, so if you have like a Gmail account, if you just put that in the two line and then write your question there and then hit send, it'll get to us. So it'll that get is, right to us. That is the easiest way to ask us questions or provide us some sort of content or conversation piece to talk about it in the future. Um, so those are the best ways to get a hold of us. Um, other Beautiful. Than, other than that, if you hang out with us in game, we'll probably talk to you as well. So perfect. And you guys know where to find us. Absolutely. Mythic Mondays. Hamilton knows where we Every live. Monday. <laughs> All right, buddy. Have yourself a fantastic week of gaming. I'm going to try. Get hyped for The Witness. Get hyped for The Witness. I'm going to get hyped for some Apex here right now, but then I'll get hyped for The Witness. No, no, we're going to go play some Overwatch in a second here. Oh, are we? I think so. All right, I'm going to get hyped for some Overwatch, and then I'll play some Apex. All right, everybody. Have a great week gaming. GG, well played. GG, everybody. Have a good night.